a child's death that has haunted the town of Pekin for the past year. On November 18th, 13-year-old Robert B. was reported as a runaway by his mother. However, we have been in touch with the Illinois State Police and are in the process of entering information of a missing or endangered person advisory. And what happened to Robert B. brought people in Pekin out to search for answers themselves weekend after weekend. Thousands of leads poured into the Pekin Police Department. The search for the teenager coming to a halt on a hot July day when his skeletal remains were found. Ashes to Ash True Crime, The Disappearance of Robert B. Episode 18, The Confession, Part 2. Teresa continues to tell the story of what happened that night. Because you're the reason he's dead. Your coward-ass ways is the reason he's dead. He was still alive in that refrigerator, bitch. I just wanted to start out this episode reminding everybody to watch What Happened to Carolyn Blankenfeld, which is season two. There are three episodes available now. I think it's a really important case, so definitely take a look at it if you'd like to see more of the cases that we're working on. I also just want everybody to understand that the theories we're working on here are alleged theories. We are not pointing fingers at anyone for being 100% the suspect who is responsible for Bonsai's murder. Is What we're trying to do is get information from people who are around, possibly involved, or new Bonsai to see if we can put together what that answer might be. So please understand is what we're doing for this show is basically collecting evidence looking at all the pieces, hearing what people have to say, and then we can make our minds up for ourselves. But by no means are we saying that 100% somebody is or is not the killer of Bonsai, is what we are doing is trying to showcase all the information that we have so that you can also make an informed decision. You're the one who said put him there. You're the one who made them boys panic. It was your influence. Jonathan would have went and got help. He'd have made it. That's scary, huh? Nah, you don't know what scared is. She liked it. She liked knowing that about Robert and having that over Josh's head. You'll never be Tara. <laughs> You'll never be her. You can get over Josh. He'd rather go to his fucking grave than be with a witch like you. He never loved you. He just had to pretend like he liked you because of what you knew. That's it. He despises you. Anyway, I tell Tara this too. When the shit happens, that's what freaked Tara out that night. And this is why I know that she knows and Josh knows and Jonathan knows and Kendra knows. These isn't visions that I have. My brain's like a computer and when I go to sleep, it just figures things out. Here's off the missing pieces and shows me little bits of a movie. Well, a little while later, Tara runs out of the fucking house. Back comes Jonathan. He's standing, looking at me. He's sweating. He looks panicked. <sighs> out of breath. Teresa, you need to leave now. I'm like, why? I can't. No, just go. I don't know what you did, but you'd better go. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I said, as a matter of fact, 
that one guy, Josh, stabbed my tires and tried to break my window out. The terror left pissed off me. I go, I'm just, I'm just staying here until morning. I can't drive my van with slash tires, dude. Well, no, you need to go now. I mean, leave right now. Jonathan never talked to me like that. His face was fucking white. He was spooked and kept looking back at the door. I look at him and said, I'm not leaving. I go, this is just some kind of diversion because they're going to rob Jerry tonight. And Jerry's had enough shit stolen, Jonathan. I'm not fucking leaving until Jerry gets here in the morning and telling him what happened to my fucking van. I'm not leaving. She said, look, don't you trust me? And Jonathan looks me dead in the eyes. I said, yeah, I do trust you, Jonathan. Probably the only person I trust that's been in this house I've met besides Jerry. Well, then trust me, you need to go right now. I said, what's the worst thing that can happen, John? You could be killed if you don't leave. You were looking out for me, Jonathan. Thank you for that. You stayed there with me that night. And we bonded and became best friends. But I thought you were really schizo because you just kept staring at that door and staring at that door. You were waiting for Josh to come back and do it, weren't you? Josh heard me from the basement where, where Robert still was. It wasn't some vision I had about my van. Josh heard me say he was going to stab my van. And it pissed him off. And he went upstairs. He quietly went out that door that I didn't even know existed yet. I didn't even know that basement was there. Behind the kitchen door. I didn't like Jerry's kitchen. It always smelled like maggots. My sons Joshua and Jacob died in the womb. And I was dying. Joshua had been dead for a few days. That's, it smelled like maggots. Ask people. The nurses even had to leave the room. I can't stand that smell. It makes me sick. And I can clean up some pretty horrendous shit. But maggot smell, I can't handle. And Jerry's kitchen smelled like that. Anyway. So Jonathan, thank you for saving my life. Because I know you did. I didn't know all this shit was why. Now if Josh was such a killer... He'd have killed me by now. He had plenty of opportunity. He was battling every day with, what the fuck do I do? Motherfucker, what do I do? You couldn't smile for shit, Josh. I just thought you were just one angry soul for no reason. Well, if I had that in my head, man, I'd want to die every day, too, and be mad, too. But she want to start falling in love with someone. All the while, she's going to find out I'm a murderer. Fucking right, I'd push the bitch away. She's gonna hate me someday anyway. Now I understand why you're such a fuck up. Never can understand why you were the way you were. One day you'd be fine for a minute, next just mad as hell run out the door. I thought you were a lost cause. When you stole my cell phone that day after as nice as I was to you, remember me chasing you, Josh? I was gonna beat your ass. You're lucky my fat ass couldn't catch you. But Tara brought my phone back later on, and I couldn't understand why you'd steal from me by that time, you know. But I asked you why you stabbed my tires, and this is what lets me know that you're guilty. You look me dead in the eyes because you don't know when to keep your nose out of other people's business. You didn't say it hateful. You said it like it's going to wreck a lot of lives, look. Like, just stay out of people's business. Not in a threatening way, but it just made no sense. Of course, I thought you were a lunatic. So I just kind of turned my head and walked away. 
One of the things that's really important to me is to reach out to everybody who potentially knew Bonsai or who has been talked about in this alleged theory. And we have tried to reach out and talk to everybody. And I've been reaching out to people since December of 2019. So I just want to let everyone know that I have completely been transparent and trying to give people an opportunity to respond to what is happening on the show. And one of those people was Jonathan Tandy, who my team and I had gone out on three separate occasions to interview him. So please keep in mind, we went from New Jersey to Pekin to show him the respect so that he could respond to the information that was being produced on the show. And three times he set up a meeting and all three times as we were sitting there waiting, he canceled those meetings. So I just want to make it really clear, though, that we do try to get everybody's side. And I will present what the messages that I have from Jonathan Tandy so you can at least see the little bit we have of his reaction to the episodes. So we're here for the third day where we have sat and waited for Jonathan Tandy to show up for his interview. And again, he did not show up for his interview. So I just want to kind of go over these messages because I always want everybody to be able to say their piece. And it's unfortunate that he won't come and talk to us. So I sent him a link to the episode, which was episode 12, which he's named in. So I wanted him to be able to see it so he could respond to it. And then this is August 9th. I say, are you in the Pekin? Are you in Pekin or Peoria? I'm looking for a space now to capture your interview, but I wanted to find out what you are close to first so I can find a place close to you. And then I corrected myself saying now because I actually wrote no. So then I asked if this location would work and it was a hotel in Pekin, Illinois. And I said, it's a Holiday Inn Express. And then I mentioned, do you want to meet? I'm going to leave town here by noon if I don't hear from you. So he just kind of had stopped responding. So we were just trying to find out if and when he wanted to meet. Um, and then he wrote, yeah, I am stuck at my house, but I can see you at the library. So then I wrote back, the library is closed today, so I was not able to get a location there. We can meet in Mineral Springs Park or the hotel I mentioned. And he just sent me a thumbs up. So then I wrote, okay, so what time works for you? How about Mineral Springs Park at 12.30? So now we're just waiting for him. And then I said, sorry, but we are just sitting waiting. Do you want to meet or not? I need a time from you or I'm going to head out. So still didn't hear back from him. And then I said, okay, so I'm going to head out by 12.30 if you have not responded. If you decide you want to do an interview, I'm happy to do that with you. I won't be back in town for a few weeks, however, so I'll give you a heads up next time I'm in town. If I interview you today, however, it will be in the next episode, so you could clear up anything you want immediately. If not, it'll have to wait until a future episode. I want you to say your part so that everyone knows the truth. So then, of course, we waited until 12.30, and then I finally wrote, okay, so we are heading out. Hit me up if you want to be interviewed next time I'm in town. Have a nice day. So then he just wrote back, okay. So then on August 11th, he wrote, This is the most dangerous girl who ever had told me about my GPA and was a little bit more interested than I am in it. But she is a very good girl, and she also has a great dealer support for the ride to the hospital. But I don't know what this bitch gave me to smoke. I and you can say anything that has given me bruise and maybe even given me a heart attack or a stroke, then hit the kidneys. But it is just got worse. At this point, I had no idea what he was talking about, so I just sent two question marks. And then he said, She gave me a hitter and I fell out and woke up with my arms full of bruises. 
I also feel crazy pains in my back and my lung. I think it's a blood clot and I didn't have it before. I went back to the hospital and the only thing they said was I'm fine. So I'm still a little confused. So I wrote, when you say she, who are you referring to? And he said, she, Kendra. And then I wrote, so you are saying she spiked a drink you had last night? And then he said, I don't know, she gave me a hitter and it threw me into a seizure. When I wake up and I have a bunch of bruises and I'm in the hospital for a while and I went back the next morning and they said I don't have any problems. And I wrote, yikes, are you safe now? Why do you think she did that? And then Jonathan responded, she is a trick and that what she does and she sees 10,000. She has no problem with a good friend who is good to her and feed her every day. The first day I stopped at her place where the next thing she does is hopefully fucks me up permanently. I think you're best of all. I don't know how much you want her to tell you she saw, but I do not know what you're talking about. She's not who she says she is. And then I wrote, I wanted to talk to you too. So if you want to tell your thoughts, I'll be back in a few weeks. And then he wrote, Sure, what time with me is great. You might have to say beforehand. And then I wrote, yeah, I'll let you know the dates as soon as I know. And then he wrote, Hey, I have to say that you have a good chance to check Kendra for a lie and see if she's going for a better lifestyle. And I'm still a little upset because I knew she would try to kill me. But check her out for her first few conspiracies she told me she knew. So then three days passed. I, I'm not really clear on what he was speaking about there at the end. So then on August 18th, I wrote, okay, so I'll be in town Saturday to Tuesday. Will you be around to chat? And he gave me a thumbs up. So then on August 22nd, when I got into town, I said, hello, hello, we are in town. Are you available anytime today to Tuesday to meet up? And he sent me a thumbs up. And he wrote, what is a good time? And I wrote, how about Monday at four? He sent another thumbs up. Then I said, you still good for today at 4 p.m.? We have a room and we are set up at the Pekin Public Library. At this point, he sent another thumbs up. So then I wrote, we are on the second floor. If you go to the front door of the library, past the front desk to the elevators, up to the second floor, we are on the first door on the right. See you at 4 p.m. So now at 4.18 p.m., he had not shown up. So I wrote, are you coming? We'll wait five more minutes. He wrote, I just had a seizure. So then as it got later in the day, on the same day he had the seizure, so now it's 5.58 p.m. on Monday, so the same day he was supposed to meet us for the interview at 4, which he claimed he had a seizure on, he wrote, You want to meet me still? I just had to go to the hospital for a while. So then I responded at 6.22 p.m., and I said, cool, I can set up a time to meet tomorrow. So he did a thumbs up, and then he said, sorry. I said, no problem, noon tomorrow, question mark. And then Jonathan Tandy sent me a thumbs up. So at 8.30 this morning, I wrote, are we still good for noon today? I'll need confirmation before I book the space at the library again, thanks. He gave me a thumbs up. So then I sent another message saying, we are on the second floor. If you go in the front door of the library, past the front desk, to the elevators, up to the second floor, we are the first door on the right. See you at noon. The library requires a mask to be worn also. We can remove it for the interview, however. 
So then at 11.51 a.m., nine minutes before the interview is supposed to start, he writes, I don't think it's a good idea for me to come do an interview for you to twist my words around and involve me in your storytelling about most delusional girl I've ever met and her story I have no involvement with. I don't know anything about it. I wrote, it's your call. There is no pressure on my end. I was just wanting to give you an opportunity to say your truth and your side. I'm not sure why you think I'd twist your words. I'm only in search for the truth. So I would fairly showcase your side. So uh, it's a little disappointing because now Jonathan Tandy has wasted three days of us being out here on interviews th that we have not pressured or pushed him to do. We just would like him to tell his side. So I would be very fair and forthcoming about showcasing what he had to say about this. But I apparently he's doesn't feel comfortable with the, that opportunity. So I think that we'll just keep letting him know next time we're in town. I hope he changes his mind and decides to come on here, but I can't force people to come on. I do think it's interesting, and I think it says a lot about the state he's in, that he's had all these medical problems come up when he's supposed to do an interview, and the fact that he is unwilling to just come and tell us you know, his side so that we could clear up anything. If he does feel that Kendra is lying, I would love to give him an opportunity to clear that up for us. So it's really kind of disappointing and frustrating, the lack of consideration for my team and my team's time. One of the things we've been trying to do here is get bigger media sources to take a look at what's going on down here in Pekin. And I think the big part of that is taking a look at this whole case. I mean, CPS was called dozens and dozens of times and Bonsai was never removed from that home. Nine days before Bonsai went missing, CPS came to that home and condemned it until it was cleaned up and they could deem it that they could move back in. And they did not at that point take Bonsai out of the home. And I think that there's a real issue I have with that. Plus, after Bonsai went missing, the action and then in some cases the inaction of the police is something that really frustrates me when you take a long hard look at at how quickly they started looking for bonsai and how much importance they put into this case so i want some bigger media sources to come take a look at this because maybe it can get then bigger officials to take a harder look at what's happening down here and maybe take some action so luckily this month we had two other crime experts take a look at this series and report on it themselves. And the first one was Danielle Hallen, and you can find her on YouTube. So you just look up her name, Danielle Hallen, D-A-N-E-L-L-E-H-A-L-L-A-N, and she's on YouTube, and she did a whole episode on Bonsai and what might have happened to him. And we also had the podcast Big Mad True Crime do a story on Bonsai. When we saw both of these stories go up, we wanted to start working with both of them immediately on possibly getting the word out there further. So we have been talking to Danielle a little bit via email. In some great news, though, we were able to talk to Heather Ashley, who does the Big Mad True Crime podcast, almost immediately. And she was very excited to help us and work with us on getting the word out about Bonsai, but even helping me with the case on some of the things that I might not be as strong in. The podcast is Big Mad True Crime, and it's literally anywhere. It's Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon. All those things. Nice. And I heard we had over a million downloads. Is that right? I did. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. How did you originally hear about Bonsai's case? And, and then if you can talk a little bit about what you do. 
what I do is people send me cases. Everything I do is by request. And so I have this log in my phone that's numbered and everything's in alphabetical order. And I feel like there's kind of a fate aspect in what cases that I cover. So I take all requests and I put them in alphabetical order and I number them. And then I go into Google random number generator. And right now I have like 600 and something cases requested. When it's time to pick a new case, I go into Google random number generator and it picks the number one through 600 and whatever that I have. And more than one person had requested Bonsai's case because it had asterisks near it. When I already have a case on there that somebody requests again, I just add an asterisk. So I know how many people wanted this case. There were asterisks by his name. So more than one person had requested it. So then I just start going in and I try and find articles from the day it was first reported on. And then I try and find articles from the next day and the next day and the next day. You know, I go and I try to find people local in the community who have talked about it online and see what their take is. I look on social media and see what the players in the case are saying and doing or not saying and not doing. When I can, I like to talk to family members, friends, look through court documents, which I didn't have for this case, but you have a ton of. Yeah. And you are such an amazing source for this case. And what you're doing is for a purpose. And it's not just for entertainment, which is one of the things that sets yours apart from other people. There are a dime a dozen podcasts and all of these things out there. But you've done the research to get people attached to who Bonsai was as a person. That community has really come together to make sure that even though he's not here anymore, his spirit or anybody who hears his name knows how loved he still is. And without people telling his backstory and knowing what he went through, everything that came after wouldn't make any sense. And it would just be a shock factor because this is a shocking story, but it should be a moving story and it should be something that gets you upset and it gets you upset with what hasn't been done and it gets you upset with what has been done. And without you getting people attached to who he is as a person, I don't think you'd be where you are making the headway that you are. That's one thing that's so amazing is I see comments of people being like burn peak into the ground or stuff like that. But like what they don't realize is the people there are incredible. Sure, there might be an element, but in any town, right? Isn't any town have that element? But like the people there are insane. People are always like, thanks for working on this case, but it's not me really. It's everybody helping me. And like, I can't tell you yesterday I posted that I needed something. Oh, I saw personal message from somebody inside of a space that I can't talk about reached out and started the ball rolling for me and like these people can lose their jobs or there was one person who was afraid because it was something against their spouse could get in trouble in their marriage I have a lot of respect for that town just because it has a darker side in certain areas does not make the people of Pekin bad it makes them amazing because they care so very much I've never seen that level of care you know it just shows you the character of the people yeah well I I appreciate you coming in and offering up your help because I think even though we're kind of doing the same thing in different ways very different skill sets you had already gotten some distance with crime stoppers can you talk about that a little bit I know a lot of people were upset because the word around was that there was no reward for any information, which is disconcerting because money can talk sometimes. When the reward is big enough, there's this incentive. So I called Crime Stoppers and I asked if there was a reward and I talked to a member of the board and they were actually having a board meeting that night. 
And he was, I mean, I emailed every single person on the board until somebody sent me an email back and he was like, Hey, I'm available. Call me. And so I was like, awesome. So he was like, this is an unsolved homicide, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, there's a standard of a $1,000 reward for any information for the arrest and prosecution having to do with an unsolved homicide. So that's a standard. So there is a reward available for information in Bonsai's case because it is the standard. He said that, because I, I I asked, I was like, you know, why was it at 2500 at one point, but now it's only at 1000 He was like, well, the police department felt like increasing the reward might encourage more tips, but I guess that time frame kind of ran out. And I've seen that in other cases where there is a time frame on a reward bump. So this isn't super unheard of. You know, there were people who were like, well, why isn't his name listed on the unsolved cases on the website? And that's really a great question. Uh, it should be. I emailed him and I was like, hey, you know, within the community, I know I, I, I talked to you earlier about how, you know, they'll love hearing that there is a reward because they felt like there wasn't. Now, his name is not listed on the website. So can we get it added up? I was sent this screenshot earlier and it is not on there. So if we could get his name back up on the website, that would be great. And he was like, I'll talk to the board about it tonight. And he said he would let me know how the meeting went and that he should be able to get some artwork to me soon, which means the Crime Stoppers flyers. He also told me that in raising money for the reward, we could either do group funding or crowdfunding, which I know has been an issue locally in the community, at least with transparency and trust issues. So you can also raise money individually. You can send the money in yourself. You can write it out to the Crime Stoppers in that area with a note that it is for the Robert B. Reward Fund, and it will be added to his specific reward fund. And so once the reward is increased, I talked to him about how long would it take for there to be an announcement that the reward is increased. And he said that about a week after they got the check, they would put together a new video announcing that there is an increase in the reward, which would be amazing press because it's really been kind of absent from the press other than you. And I talked to him about organizing a press conference. And so he said that they would help organize a press conference and that they would have somebody from either Pekin or Peoria Police Department come as well. The idea would be to have members of the family also attend. But, you know, whoever comes, whoever doesn't. And Crime Stoppers is an amazing ally. So he said, you know, keep in touch, keep me up to date with what's going on. And he's been really proactive about, I'm going to get the artwork to you. I didn't even ask for it. He yeah. was like, I'm going to talk to the board about this tonight at the meeting. And yeah, so I think that that's a direction that we should potentially consider heading in. And I can even put something on the end of one of the episodes once we have the information on how people could do that. But if we could get that, you know, a, a couple more thousand dollars, you know, 3000 plus, I think that that might have an impact. And I think it's worth trying again. And then I think if we go through Crime Stoppers, then the issues that have happened with some of the crowdfunding things, then it's not on us. It's a professional group doing it. So there's never a question of what, where that money goes or how that is interpreted at that point. I think that will make the community feel safe donating to it. And then it keeps our hands washed of like, yeah. 
any like suspicion, exactly. anything. Exactly. It's not mine. Yeah, because I, I would hate it. it. Goes to the reward fund. Yeah, exactly. Because I've just heard so much, and I don't know if any of it's true. And uh, it's not something I'm going to investigate either. You know, there are things that are frustrating when it comes to cases, but it's hard when people come at you with things that are shocking and maybe true, maybe not be true, and they almost want vengeance for this wrongdoing but the wrongdoing you are seeking justice for is the death of a child and sometimes it can be hard to be like hey look that is terrible if it's true but that's not what i'm focusing on right now yeah like i don't want to put my resources into trying to figure out if someone misappropriated funds is what i want to put my resources into is finding out who killed bonsai so we'll keep talking about that and try to come up with a plan so people can help and participate if they choose or have the ability to because i think there will be a lot of people who would want to help out with that businesses are also super important because they have access to larger funds. Lindsay is getting together some like well thought out letters that can be sent to businesses in the area, seeing if they want to donate to the reward fund and why, why it's important and why it's important to the community to see if they're interested. Oh yeah. Well, and too, I think enough time has passed since there was the bigger reward at 2,500 that if we try it again, what my experience has been in the limited time I've been doing this is that sometimes when there's some time between things, it helps allow people to get come forward or maybe they're not in the same scary situation they were before or maybe they're not on drugs anymore or you know maybe they're fighting for something so they all of a sudden find it important to come forward so i think that that's a good thing too is enough time has passed where it might make an impact yeah and honestly this is one of the lowest rewards i've ever seen which is shocking because it's a child So one of the things me and my team are working on is getting an action plan in place for getting more attention brought to this case. And through that, we're looking at a possible Crime Stoppers reward, doing a protest, and trying to get bigger media sites out here to take a look at what's going on. So we will be asking for the community's help in the upcoming weeks. We are trying to set up a protest for around the four-year anniversary of Bonsai's initial disappearance, which is November 18th. So we're hoping to set that up on the weekend before or after. We're starting to work on that this week. We will give information in the next episode of how to donate to Crime Stoppers if that's the direction we decide to go in. That way we can hopefully get that reward raised a bit and maybe somebody will come out with additional information because of the reward. And we're also going to be looking towards bigger media sites to try to get just national or even regional attention brought to this case so that hopefully somebody bigger and badder can come down here and take a look at what's happening in Pekin. I know sometimes it's hard to be patient because we all want answers. Please understand that what we are showing on the show is an alleged theory. We want answers also, but we want to get to those in the correct way. So we'll continue to highlight and showcase what we have in the hopes of finding a hundred percent answer of what happened to Bonsai. Back to Teresa's video. Until Robert's case is solved, I'm not going any further with anything else. Now, Officer Ranny, I told you I'd work with you guys. I told you exactly what Kendra told me. I told you a long time ago. And you looked at me and said, we have searched every clue possible. I mean, I looked at you like you were serious, you know. Well, here's your clue, bud. This woman tells me this. This fucking lunatic tells me this. This has to be what happened. I put my hoodie back over my head and I quickly got out of that fucking police station, hoping the home or the woman that was mopping outside in the hallway who worked at um, Old Dad's 
hoping she would keep her mouth shut. So people told Josh what I said and Kendra what I said and Tara found out I could end up disappearing. Yeah, I told you guys. Oh yeah, my boyfriend's losing it. I mean, he's been listening to this shit for a while. It's a wonder he ain't freaking choked me out himself. He didn't even like this subject. He just wants to blame it on schizophrenia, but now he's a little freaked out because he knows I'm not lying. He's afraid someone's gonna hurt me over it, but I told him I don't care. I said a long time ago, I'll go brave to find out what happened to that little boy to his. When I was a little kid, it was like I was him. But I didn't have autism. I wasn't raised in Pekin, thank God. I wasn't selling drugs out of a backpack. I was safer than him. That's why I felt so sorry for him. That could have been me. And if I don't figure out who killed this kid, this might be my daughter Winter next. Yeah, everybody. You ever think maybe I gave her up because I thought the world was full of monsters? Anyways, giving my daughter up was the hardest thing ever. Because I could have got to erase her just fine. But I didn't think she was safe anymore. She won't be raised in Pekin. Where your kids could be murdered. And cowards hide it. Kendra. You're the ones caused so much hurt in the South End. Be honest for once. If you're not capable of it, go get fucking help. It's your fault Robert's dead. Josh and Jonathan wouldn't have done that had you not given them both spice that day. They would have been more rational. I wish I could sit here for hours and tell you everything and then at the end you guys will know the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help me God because I'm tired of thinking about it. And all you people that blame me, you're going to be ashamed of yourselves. God does exist. He does forgive you. But you got to forgive yourself, Josh. And the only way to do that is to tell the truth. It is an ugly truth. But you want to be angry at someone, you be angry at the devil. And you look back at Kendra and you can finally be angry at that bitch. I'll bet you money she was the first one to hand you spice. And I bet you still don't do it to this day. And Jonathan quit using it by the grace of God. But I'll bet you he's using it again right now. Because he's battling with suicide every day. Because he wouldn't hurt a child when people find out the truth. They're going to think he's a monster. Jonathan's not a monster. He knows he made a mistake and he panicked. But who wouldn't on Spice? You're out of your fucking mind, trust me, people. All of us need to stand up and tell the truth in every clue we know. But Josh, I think you should make the first stand. Come on, man. Honor's in your blood. Every woman forgive your behavior all those years. You didn't know this was in your head, man. You weren't having a good time. If you were out just having a good time, that would have showed me that you had no empathy. But you didn't care. Jonathan, good one day, horrible the next. The people that you told, forget about it. It's not relevant. 
Kendra knew and she enjoyed knowing that when you're the one that caused all that and your buddies are going to keep their mouth shut because they're afraid to lose everyone and go to prison over your fucking mouth. So they've never even really blamed. You should be scared right now. I'd be scared if I were you. I want you to go hide in that refrigerator in the basement. Jerry's just getting there for a minute and wake up not being able to breathe. <gasps> Imagine being Robert in that freezer trying to get out. You fucking bitch. That's the last part of my dream. He wasn't dead in that freezer. The freezer wasn't plugged in. He was in a black box. That kid died from shock because he When Josh hears this, he's going to come clean. So is Jonathan. They aren't really going to care what happens to him after this. They didn't really think about it like that. Because they were all spiced up on your shit, bitch. You were going to replace me. Or replace you with me. This is brilliant. Teresa's nuts. And Jonathan, when you asked me on Facebook... You still have that van? I wonder if it was you, Josh, that asked me that on Facebook, because that really threw me off. Tara, I took my van one time and took it for hours. I wake up in the Hazlet basement on the couch. She told Jason she was just going to Walmart. I wake up and hours go by. Tara, what happened that day with my van? It wasn't your fault. Or Josh's. I knew you didn't go to Walmart. Because you didn't have no Walmart bags in your hands when you got back. I just fucking got high again. I didn't care. You got my back. My van back safe. If this is bothering you, I'll shut up right now. And I'll go outside. I feel like if I don't tell all this right now, I'm not going to have the guts in the morning. I'm just tired of having dreams about it. Tired of holding it in and thinking people are just going to think I'm nuts and never believe me. Okay, about the post I did over and over. Things I said to people. Oh, this train that if he's not found before the first winter, he'll be out by the peak in prison in the woods. Laying on his stomach, that's what I said. Covered in a light snow. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino. Cinematography, Justin Crompier. Assistant Editor, Michael Howard. Associate Producer, Kate Giordano. Production Team, Generic Brand Human. Follow us on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Ashes to Ash TV. Interviews for this episode, Teresa Vansill, Heather Ashley, Big Mad True Crime Podcast, and the actor who plays Bonsai, Barrett Hullock. If you have any tips or information, we can keep you anonymous. Please contact us at ashland57 at gmail.com. A-S-H-L-A-N-D-57 at gmail.com. If you know of any illegal activity involving the case, then please contact your local police.